0: Hey, hey, this episode we talk about how stress at work impacts the whole family, why our vacuum smells like poop, and what in heaven's name is murder boning?
1: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Wait for it. <laughs> Wait for it. Welcome <laughs> to the Grown Up With Kids Podcast. I'm David.
0: I'm Rachel. How you doing? Hey, good. How are you?
1: Good. Can I tell you a story? Yeah. <laughs> so I mentioned this briefly to you, but I almost observed uh, a fight in my row on the airplane last, <laughs> like two weeks ago. That's awesome. It was... Um, what happened? So I sat down middle. There's a guy sitting against the window. He's talking to me. I'm trying to be polite, and then I put my headphones in.
0: <laughs> be polite by putting your like, headphones in.
1: answer a few questions yeah, and then yeah. move along. I'm familiar. So I'm sitting there. There's no one in between With us. you doing that? I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> and then uh, this guy walks up, and he just stops in the aisle, doesn't say anything. I kind of get the hint. I stand up. He makes a joke like, oh, I didn't say I was sitting there. But he was sitting there, so I don't know why he made that <laughs> joke. So then that's an awkward start. I'm like, all right. So I keep my headphones in. But I can hear, I'm like playing around my phone, so I'm not even sure if I'm listening to anything. And I start hearing that these two guys talk to each other, and they're talking fine. And one of them's going to like some random small town in like the southwest. And the other one's like, Why would you go there? And then they just keep talking, and then eventually the guy like literally makes fun of the place he's going to. Uh Uh-huh. And the other guy just says, This conversation's done. And I'm thinking, that's funny. Like, oh, you're teasing me. Right. Oh, we're done. But then...
0: You're expecting he, him to just like put in his earbuds and be like, okay, all three of us. No, earbuds. I was
1: expecting that he was kidding completely. Like, right. Like you'd be like, oh, this conversation's done. No, he was <laughs> done. And the other guy just would not stop like kind of needling him. Oh, my and, gosh. And then he's like, I mean, I just sat down. I just sat down, which is... No, that's not what happened. If
0: you could just be quiet. Like, that's the funny thing. Yeah, like, just
1: take it and be like, oh, all right, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. Yeah. And then it would have been fine. Oh. But no. And then uh, and then eventually they called the... Um, like, they never got the, like, physical fight. But they threatened to fight with each other because they both had a layover in the same city.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, you did mention this, that they were going to, like, take it outside in like, the next city.
1: <laughs> and one of them was, like, 70. He's like, yeah, I'll see you outside. I'll, I mean, he could have beaten me up. Like, he was no... No joke. No joke. Right. Um, but they, the the uh, flight attendant had to come and find another seat
0: oh for my this gosh. guy, and
1: he had to switch with someone else.
0: Ridiculous. That
1: guy came up, was super nice, but also talked the entire plane ride. So to I, you, like even no, with the your No, the two of them in? talked the whole way. And he would kind of try to bring me in every once in a while. And you're like, and nope. I was like, earbuds, earbuds, <laughs> respect the earbuds.
0: Even if they're not on, like I you just, have to let them be visible. That's the trouble with yeah. the AirPods is that. They're too small. They're too small. Like if your hair, like as a girl, if your hair is over them and someone can't see them. Right. I will intentionally pull my hair back and be like, check this out. I don't want to listen to you. <laughs> I know.
1: I feel terrible. Like I want to care about people. No, and like you them. do
0: care about people. That's but not fair. But I'm
1: not on a plane. I don't. I just, and it was coming back from a business trip, so I was tired. I'd presented early in the yeah. day. I just done. I had nothing at that point, and, and I you feel certainly like weren't going to
0: fight a seventy-year-old man. I mean, no, he didn't deserve to be that. fought. No, the other guy was kind
1: of the instigator. Gosh, that's it was terrible. so. Anyway, that was fun flying. That's funny, yeah. Anything Oof. funny happened to you recently?
0: There are a lot of strange smells coming out of our house. I went to um, vacuum something the other day.
1: How many of those smells are yours? <laughs>
0: Two out of three. <laughs> <laughs> How many are yours, actually? Let's talk about uh, that.
1: Four out of three? Is that possible?
0: <laughs> so I go and vacuum, I turn the vacuum on, and it's a like a um one that has like the It's
1: a Dyson like spinny one.
0: Yeah. So it has the container. So there's this weird smell when I turn it on and I was like, What in heaven's name? I keep going thinking. No big deal. I'm sure it's just like the motor burning up or something. Just keep going. So I keep going. It still smells. Going, it smells going. like poo. I mean, it reeks. And so I'm like looking. Yeah. I'm Well, at first I thought it's got to be in a corner somewhere or like mm-hmm. someone pooped somewhere and it's like skidded on something or like something. I'm not sure where it is. So I'm searching all over for this smell. It is in the vacuum. Like I empty the canister and it out comes a poop, a uh, dog poop. Yeah. It was disgusting. So someone, possibly me, when I'm not exceptionally attentive, doing my boring job as a vacuumer, poop. I vacuumed dog poop up, mm-hmm. and it sat there, and then I emptied it, and it reeked. Anyway, not a murder uh, not a murder boning. Not a... <laughs>
1: <laughs> what is a murder boning? <laughs> that sounds no, illegal and a, disgusting. Not a
0: motor <laughs> burning is what I meant. Not a murder
1: boning is what I do. Motor burning, son of (laughs) a (laughs) gun.
0: That's good. Anyway, so if it smells like poop, it probably is. It's not necessarily a murder boning. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Possibly not. Okay. Um, Our dog is really sly because he... Looks like he's well-behaved most of the time. You would
0: call him a sly pooper. And
1: then every once in a while, you walk into the office, and that's his favorite carpet. Yeah. And there'll just be a dry little you know, gift.
0: And sometimes you don't notice at all, and it just goes right up <laughs> into the vacuum. <laughs> so anyway, what are we talking about today?
1: So I've been traveling, which has led to me being more stressed. Not just the travel, but why I was traveling. I had two work presentations to do. Um, to two audiences I'd never had been in front of before. Uh-huh. And so that has apparently impacted you and the rest Ugh. of the family.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah. So what we're talking about today, wh- like what we really, <laughs> what we really want you to know is that this is a podcast. Today's episode is a check on normalcy. Like we are saying, Hey, you might be normal and you might be like us, um, In handling stress and how it affects the family.
1: Yeah, I think everyone has stress in their life, and this is how it's played out for us. So we'll talk a little bit about that. So why don't I talk a little bit about why I have felt stressed or what triggers it for me. Yes. And then we can talk about how I act. And then we can talk about (laughs) what that does to everybody else.
0: (laughs) And And it makes everybody awful. And then
1: maybe not... Some fixes, but some what are we really desiring each of us in that, and yeah, you know, what are, what are some potential ways to improve as we continue to grow?
0: Yeah, so I think one of the um, benefits, like why we're doing this podcast is because there's some stuff that like I wish that someone else was talking about, so I would have language to describe what I might be feeling on mm-hmm. my end, and I think you might feel the same way. Um, because for a really long time, I think we both were dealing with you being stressed and, um, and we'll get into that in a minute, but like neither of us knew how to talk about it. So that's the goal of today.
1: Yep. So I get stressed, um, when a few things happen and any number of things or any one of these things. So one is when I feel like I'm asked or tasked with a project that's going to potentially expose me like Mm. if I feel like I'm going to be seen as a fraud or as an amateur so one of these projects I had to talk about a subject that is not my forte like I can do it and Mm -hmm. I kind of get the concepts but I really had to lean on someone else to tell me what was going on and so anyway I feel like I'm going to uh, the entire time I'm preparing, I'm thinking I'm going to walk in this room. I'm going to start talking, and they're going to be like, "That's so obvious. We all know this. Why don't you tell us something interesting?" Yeah. Um, which I've never had anyone say that exactly, but I have had people say like, "Well, tell me something. You know, a tell little me bit, something
0: new." Yeah,
1: something new, or yeah, I know all this. Blah blah. blah even if that's not true, right? Um, so there's that, and then I think when when I feel alone or isolated, um, I get more stressed because I feel like it's all on me and I got to figure this out. Uh, And that happens pretty regularly. A lot of that is on me. Like I just isolate myself instead of relying on other people or asking people for help. Um, So that's a big trigger for me. And then the third thing is just an ongoing constant need to make everyone happy. So my... <laughs> there are kind of,
0: wives out there right now who are like, I wish my husband had that problem.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you can tell... there are si- probably
0: husbands who feel the same way. <laughs> it's not
1: that great because it's actually really controlling, as as you know. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to manage everyone's feelings so that I will feel okay. And yeah. so when there are people who I can't manage their feelings because I don't know what they're thinking and feeling or because... They just won't respond to me the way I want to. Like I have one colleague who just doesn't, you know, I think they like me. I think I do good work, but they just don't respond in the way that I want them to. <laughs> and so I'm always like on edge uh, yeah. with that particular person. So um, I think those are the three things that come To the surface the most often and they overlap and they're often interconnected like I feel alone when I feel like I'm going to get exposed or I might feel isolated because I can't get the people around me to respond the way I want to and I'm worried that I'm going to let them down anyway, so they're not three completely distinct things, but I think those are the common themes that start to bubble up higher levels of stress than normal in me. And this is true at work. That's probably the most common place, but it happens other places. It happens in our marriage and in family when we have a lot of things going on that might start to, you know, make me feel either isolated or feel like I need to make people like me it, as we're, we're getting ready to go into the holidays here over the next couple of months, like dealing with external family, um, yeah. and trying to meet their expectations, Uh, in other, you know, friendships and things like that, I I, I run into this, but I think work is the one that happens a the most frequently and b in a way that impacts our family most directly where I kind of bring that stress home.
0: So how would you say, like, from your perspective, I mean, we've fought about this, like this has been like sometimes a point of contention, Mm -hmm. like from your perspective, how would you say that it affects our family? Like, what do you see, um, what do you see happen?
1: Well, I'll start with how it affects me or how I kind of act in our family. So I feel more, uh, quick to disengage, Mm -hmm. uh, or slow to engage might be more true. Like I come home, I'm present, but I'm not really like diving into conversations. I'm not really listening as well as I could.
0: So is that like you sitting on the couch watching sports? Is that you like playing games on your phone? Like, what does that look like for
1: you? So maybe at a different stage of my life, it would have been literally me disengaging physically and being on, <laughs> like, watching TV or whatever.
0: Yeah, we used to have a joke like at the beginning of our marriage when you would come home from work, like you just weren't ready yet yeah. to hang out. My and commute was
1: too short at the time. Your commute
0: was really short, <laughs> and um, and you'd you used to tell me like I just need a minute to hibernate, and mm-hmm. so I yeah. would go after like fifteen or twenty minutes and be like, Hey, Mr. Bear. Yeah,
1: can you we talk to come out
0: play? <laughs>
1: Yeah. So I think now I don't have that luxury, nor really that desire. Um and I have a little bit longer commute, so I have some time by myself physically. Yeah. Uh, it's more sitting at the dinner table and uh not being able to really engage well with the conversation or it's almost sometimes out of body where I'm there, I'm hearing what our kids are talking about, and I want to engage and put, you know, encourage them and speak some truth and laugh with them, but find myself almost physically unable to do it yeah. um, because I'm weighed down by these other things. It's also just a mental distraction. Like I'm thinking, oh, I should check my email or I should, oh, I wonder if so and so is mad or, oh, I wonder if I'm going to get this done in time. And so it's just running through my head while other people are talking. Uh, so it's not always noticeable that I'm disengaged in the moment. Yeah, um, And then, yeah, definitely I will check my phone more. I mean, that's a discipline for me is to put my phone down when I come home and change to leave it in our bedroom, uh, until at least the kids go down to bed. And some nights I'm really good about that. And some nights I'll like sneak off and be like, I just got to go check my email. And it's really just a control thing. I very rarely get emails at six or seven o'clock at night that change anything,
0: right.
1: <laughs> um, or have a real impact <laughs> yeah. on what I'm going to do that night or even the next morning. But there's a sense of control of like, Oh, nothing bad's happened or, <laughs> like or so-and-so okay. did respond to my email. I sent at five o'clock. And so I have a resp- an answer now as if that right. somehow makes me. Feel better. So, uh, th- th- those are kind of the, the two or three things I would say. Yeah. What would, about from your perspective? How do you experience it?
0: Terribly. <laughs> 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 well, okay. So six o'clock at our house is sort of the expected dinner time. Um, and um, what I experience. So, <laughs> um, I am not a picnic at six o'clock. Like I'm not at my best. I'm like making dinner kids are yelling like they're trying to do it's homework it's like the witching
1: hour is that what you call it
0: yeah the I mean, most really awful from hour like 4:30 like, to
1: 6 at some point they start to break down yes they're either they're super hungry, hungry and you don't
0: want to feed them because they're like your dinner's around the corner um you're trying to get dinner ready you're trying to like get homework done you're trying to get chores done like there's just a lot going on mm-hmm. and then you walk in and it's like there are times when you're like a ray of sunshine when you walk in and it's lovely and I do not respond well. Like there are times when you walk in and you're, you've had a great day and everything's fine. There's very little stress and you are great and I'm terrible. So that is the, <laughs> that's the caveat. However, on the days when six o'clock is rolling around, I'm a mess. And then you walk in and you've had a stressful day. Hmm. Like I feel like I've done something wrong. Like if mm-hmm. you need a lot of time to, yourself. I feel like I am all alone in this. Like I feel, um, I just, I feel, I tend to feel a little bit afraid that I've done something wrong. Like it's like, like I know that you are trustworthy and that you love me, but there's always like this pending thing where I'm like, I've probably done something and I'm not sure what I've done, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and it really has nothing to do with me. So if I could step outside of myself for a minute and think, Oh, he's probably stressed about work. Like, that would be a logical thought process. But at six o'clock, when it's that witching hour, mm-hmm. there's very little logic left in me. Um, and, and like, nothing left to offer. Um, that makes sense. From being nice. So I would say that's how I experience it. Like, I think we've had dinners where, like, I've worked at making a dinner as hard as I can because I hate making dinner, but I do my best. And, um, like, I'm ready, and I'm ready to, like, be positive and excited and energetic, ready to listen to the boys' days and, you know, engage. And um, you have sometimes sat, like, looking in your plate, like, moping, <laughs> <laughs> or you're just, like, really quiet, or, like, your head is right. just, like, not there. Right. And in some ways, I would rather you just leave the table and, like, go... Get your head in the game, like take some time and come back. But like when you're sitting there, everyone's kind of like, Oh, like we should move into like how the children experience it. What I see when they when when you're stressed, they are um, a little bit like less open. They're a little bit nervous, they start to fight with each other, they start to suck up against me.
1: Do you actively or whatever, visibly see them become less talkative when I'm quiet and taciturned.
0: Yeah, they either become less less talkative, less open, um, or they become really, um, like, I don't know what happens in them, but they, like, fight with each other. Like, they get, they just, like... Like, bicker? Bicker, yeah. Like, they just kind of, like, get after each other. They get, like... Their attitudes are bad. Um, and what I really want to do is throw mashed potatoes across the table at you in your face and be like, hey, you're modeling this. You're moping. Stop it. You know? Mm-hmm. But, um,
1: but we so rarely eat mashed potatoes. That's <laughs> well,
0: true. nobody likes them. If,
1: if you threw pork chops or whatever. <laughs> nobody
0: likes my mashed potatoes.
1: I if like I threw them. a pork chop,
0: maybe people would pay I don't attention. like pork chops, actually.
1: But <laughs> I'd rather have mashed potatoes. <laughs>
0: Anyway, but there are times where I'm like, this is like, they are at each other because you're not saying anything. Like you are like a bump on the log and you're modeling this like mopey behavior. That's not always totally true, but I do see them interacting differently when you're stressed. Hmm. It's almost like they don't feel heard or seen like, and your voice, like I think men need to hear this. Fathers need to hear like, you, ha- you have a powerful voice. Like, David, you have a powerful voice in our family. And so um, it may not seem powerful, like, but your mood affects a lot more than what you think it does.
1: Yes. Are we going to have a sorry. fight now? No. Oh, I'm, good.
0: No. <laughs> we'll do it on the mic, but man.
1: No, I'm not grumpy about this at all. I'm just thinking through how that's true for both of us. Um, because I think, um, generally when you're frustrated or angry, it's, I wouldn't call it explosive, but it's just anger. Like it's clear. Whereas when I'm stressed or frustrated or whatever, it usually is almost is a shutting down. Like it's a movement towards disengagement, whereas yours might be a movement towards over-engagement, if that yeah, makes sense. Yeah. And so what you do shuts probably all of us down and we get quiet because it's like, oh, you got to tiptoe because mom's a little bit angry.
0: Yeah. Or a lot angry. That's but in some ways,
1: say. some ways that's easier to process through and kind of get through than dad's quiet. And for me, this may not be true for other people, but Like I'm a landmine and I get, I know that like, Uh it's like I might be fine in five minutes or I might just blow up at something dumb. Like there was, this was months, months ago or weeks ago at least. And I came home and I wasn't even that bad of a mood, but I was a little bit tired. And I think I was a little bit like worried about something that I couldn't, it was kind of amorphous. I probably didn't pinpoint it. And one of our kids just wouldn't stop eating with his mouth full. (laughs) And like at first I'm like, Hey, please close your mouth when you chew. And then it happened again. And then, you know, ten minutes later, it happens again, kind of out of the blue, and I just lost it. Like I didn't yell at him or anything, but I just internally, I could feel myself just being so angry. <laughs> and I was like, "This is not proportional to what's going on. Right? Like, he's not being disobedient or obstinate. It's just you know, ha- you know, kids are not lo- loud sometimes, and I'm a loud eater, so he probably yeah. gets it from me.
0: Speaking of modeling <laughs> behavior." <laughs>
1: Oh, so anyway, all that to say, like, I think that that is my landmine for lack of a better term, is problematic and something that I need to be aware of um, because it's scary, right? It's scary for you. And imagine Mm -hmm. being six or 10 or 12. Like, it's even scarier to, to live in that environment. And I remember having some of that environment as a kid a little bit where it felt like, Oh, at any moment something might happen. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just, again, it's it's unsettling and I don't want, especially our dinner table to be an unsettling place. I want it to be a safe space.
0: Yeah. I totally agree. That's part of
1: why we're processing through this.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping it's helpful. For people, it's helpful for me. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's helpful for me too. So, I mean, I think what I really want and it's not happening in those moments is I really want to be present and engaged. I don't obviously want to be worrying. And 97% of the time, the stuff I'm worrying about ends up not being that big a deal. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, remember I should find the quote, but there was some quote probably from like a French philosopher or something that said, you know, like we go through all these atrocities in our life and some of them even happen. It was this idea <laughs> that we like think up all these terrible things that are going to go on. And then every once in a while, a bad thing actually does happen. Yeah. And that's how I feel like I live my life. I'm dealing with so much suffering that actually never happens because I'm yeah. just afraid it might. So I want to be present engaged. And then I also think I've been working on this mentally <laughs> over the last week, really trying to change my point of view at work from, I have to get stuff done and I have to make people happy or else, you know, people aren't going to like me to, I have an opportunity to serve people and I have something to offer them. And Mm -hmm. you know, I don't need to worry that what I have to offer isn't good enough. Like I should just offer as much as I can and find joy in serving them. And so moving from kind of a spirit of fear to a spirit of service.
0: Yeah, that makes sense, man. I think that's a really big shift. I think that changes a lot
1: for for me it definitely is and a lot of times i forget it but when i do remember like to focus on serving people well yeah i enjoy my work better i probably do better work um and i'm t- certainly interact with people better at work
0: man i think i could learn from that i think i should probably take a servant attitude at home more cuz i do think that it's really easy to just be like oh i've got to tick off all this stuff i got to get it done like I need to get this kid to that soccer practice and this other kid to that piano, whatever. Like, sure. But to take a step back and think about how am I really serving my kids and how am I really building into them, brings me a lot of joy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a good, good reminder. So what would you say? Like, well, okay. So I wanted to to say what I really want out of those situations. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, More silence.
1: <laughs> so, are you on?
0: No? No. Oh my gosh. More for the uneasiness
1: love. at the dinner table?
0: No. So, what I really, really want is actually to be on your team and for you to let me be on your team. Like, I think that um, I'm sort of like, when you're silent, I'm afraid to engage and to really listen really well. Um, and so and I don't understand exactly what you're doing all day and you don't necessarily understand what I'm doing all day. We come from different perspectives, but I think what I really want is to pause and really try to see you and see like, I think one of the misunderstandings that we have is that, um, like that you're not allowed to talk about work or to feel bad about work. Um, and I'm not allowed to feel bad about, raising our kids, like we both kind of want to fix each other, I think. Um, but the reality is that if we just communicate about it, like if you say, Hey, I'm going to be late tonight. If, if you let me know, I can get ready. Like I'm a, I'm an adult and I can get ready. Or if you say, man, I've, I need to go back to work after dinner tonight. Like, man, I can handle that. The trouble is when you don't trust me with that, that I like, and then like you come home and you're mad or you're quiet. And I'm like, I have no clue what's going on. But if, if there's just a moment where you can offer that, or I can offer and say, Hey, I'm, I think that I'm a mess today. Um, so bear with me. And then like, to be able to ask the questions, like, do you need to go hibernate Mr. Bear? Like, (laughs) do you need to go, do you need to go for a run? Do you need to get out? Like, what do you need so that you can engage? I think Mm -hmm. that's one of the things that over the last maybe year or two, I have taken away from our fights is that I need to find out and listen really well to what you really need and then offer that to you with the expectation that says, I want you to have this because I actually want your voice in our family. Like, Mm -hmm. not because I'm trying to control you or trying to get you to work less or trying to like make you do X, Y, and Z around the house, the honey-do list, whatever you want to put in that slot, it's literally because I like it when your voice is present at the table um, and your voice is present in our boys' lives and in mine. And Mm. so how do we make that happen? Right. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, and that connects with me learning how to ask for those things instead of just choosing to be bitter that I don't have them but I never actually tell you hey I need to go for a run or I need a nap or I "I need to go back to work I don't it's not that I never do that but I am reticent to do it in some ways again it's controlling because then I get to be angry at you um, for not letting somehow, it's, go. somehow it's your fault that you don't guess what I need and just freely offer it to me.
0: Yes. And then the other side of that, I mean, I think we have some friends who I think they give each other a really great time, um, apart and away from each other. Right. Um, but then like, then coming back and being ready, like taking that time and saying, okay, I am intentional about this run. I'm going to come back and I'm going to be ready to engage and listen to everything on my wife's heart. Or I'm going to go out for a walk and I'm going to be ready to listen to my husband. Yeah. So anyway, I also think that making jokes and getting you to laugh is one of my goals.
1: Yeah. When you're mad, that's all I want to do
0: is just make me laugh.
1: Oh yeah. That's the biggest sense of power is like, I mean that in (laughs) a. Mostly positive way, but like to be able to make someone laugh who doesn't want to laugh is it's amazing. <laughs> I love it.
0: Or it goes south, and I just get more angry.
1: Yeah, but it's That's worth fine. the risk. It's worth, worth the it. risk.
0: <laughs> good thing you're naturally funny. That's good.
1: Uh, all right. All right. Well, hopefully
0: this episode lets you have a peek into our stuff, and maybe gives you some language or some some ways to talk with your spouse or your significant other about. Some of the same stuff that we're talking about today. Absolutely. Do we have a stat?
1: Stat of the week. Whoop. All right, Rachel, for our stat of the week this week. Yes. Comes from a 2016 survey done by Groupon. Do you remember Groupon? They yeah, still exist. Yeah, they're still around. Yeah, but they were big. Yeah. In like 2012 or something, they went huge. Yeah. Anyway, they did a study of Americans, 2000 Americans back in 2016. Somehow determined the most stressful minute of the day. What How do you think do it you is? How do you
0: get to that? That's amazing. Okay. I
1: don't what know do the methodology, but what, what time do you think it is?
0: For me, 6.01. Yeah. Like when, you, when I don't know where you are and it's 6 o'clock and I'm like, he's late. Right. 30 seconds late. One minute late. That is <laughs> the most stressful point of my day.
1: Yeah. So, if you worked in an office and were not around your kids, when do you think it would be because
0: most stressful point of the yeah. day? Um, good question. Probably right before I have to step into a big meeting. Maybe.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Well, the time is one forty-two. Why? I don't know.
0: That's so funny. <laughs>
1: not- so they say from one forty-two till, uh, and then stress levels remain high till almost five o'clock, four fifty-three. When end of day relief sets in, I would say for me, my highest stress level is a little bit later than that, just because I tend to go into this like post-lunch lull yeah. where I don't feel anything and I almost can't do any work for like 30 <laughs> oh, minutes. Oh, I ate too much <laughs> Yeah, I get oh. the, the meat sweats. <laughs> and then somewhere around like 2.20 to 3 o'clock, I feel really stressed. And then I actually get a bunch of stuff done and I feel better by the time I leave.
0: Interesting. Do you yeah. think it's because people are like, oh my gosh, it's after lunch already and I don't have this done and I don't have this done. Like,
1: I guess so. Yeah.
0: I guess I would feel that. You start
1: to realize, oh, I have two to three hours to get everything done. and Yeah. I guess. So I tried to find the most stressful uh, day of the week and I found completely contradictory uh, findings. What do you think the most stressful day of the week for you is?
0: For me? Mm-hmm. Um probably I guess I would say maybe Tuesdays like why Tuesday We're through t- we're through Monday, mm-hmm. right? Things are fine, but Tuesdays I feel some like some
1: weeks Monday is a relief. Like the yeah. kids are back in school and yes. you kind of get the house in order. At,
0: like the last 3 weeks Monday, I like I could not wait for Monday to come. <laughs> the amount of soccer games we're going to is phenomenal right now. Yeah. But um I would say Tuesday because I think that's when, like, Mondays people are like, oh, it's the first day of the week. We can't schedule anything. But people are like, Tuesday through Thursday, that's when we schedule everything. Everyone's busy on those days. And I feel like our family just, like, kicks into high gear on Tuesdays.
1: Yeah, that was actually the first article I saw that cited a study that said Tuesday midday, so essentially between 1030 and 230 Uh, On Tuesdays, because Monday you're sort of prepared for the stress, and and then Tuesday you start to realize everything's backing up on you, and uh, I think that's about right. Another study said Thursday, another study said Monday. I think Monday's stressful. Sounds
0: like life is stressful.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think Monday is stressful, but I do agree that you sort of are prepared for it. In some ways, you're kind of starting with a clean slate each Monday.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I I might say Wednesday or Thursday for me is when I start to realize, oh, no, I'm not going to get stuff done by the end of the week and start to feel that. And then by Friday. Friday, no one cares. Yeah. Well, and my office is usually really empty on Fridays. And so it just feels like there's less pressure, even if I have the same amount. Um, So
0: I like Fridays. I mean, yeah. Except for the fact that we have soccer practice now on Friday nights. Not me, but one of our sons.
1: Yeah, and it's late. That's and why. It's late. So it just like eats the whole night up.
0: Yeah. But so. anyway, but Fridays, that's what, what that's what I've learned from the start of the week is that Fridays apparently are the least stressful day.
1: Uh, well, Saturday is everyone's favorite day, actually. Not oh. surprisingly. Okay. But but Friday is the, the probably the least stressful of the work week, I would imagine. Interesting. Yeah. So good with that hey. Thanks Good for working set. on the farm. Thanks, Thanks for dealing with all the stress. My stress.
0: <laughs> Here's what I wanted to add on real quick. I just wanted to add on. I know we're over on time, but no one has reached a plateau of perfection in marriage and it is actually not the goal. Like the goal is to be with each other and if we're expecting to have this like perfect harmonious, stress-free table time or whatever, it's um it's not real realistic. So
1: Agreed. Anyway, well said.
0: The end. Thanks for working on the farm.
1: (laughs) Thanks for working on the (laughs) farm, Rach. Hey, thanks for wearing the glasses. It's a nice touch. They're hot. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you said before. Before he said, I can't see.
0: Well, that's also true. I think I'm dehydrated. That's why I can't see.
1: Is that what happens? Your eyes? Your pupils? My pupils. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, yeah. I think that dehydration makes you not see very well.
1: Right, well. I have a lot up. of theories. I have a lot of
0: theories about the, like, I think water solves everything.
1: It's like your Windex.